I meandered through the school's hallway, careful not to disrupt the rhythm of students attempting to get to class within the five-minute time frame. I, too, must get to a classroom before the bell. My role for the morning? Emergency sub. I missed the door by a mere 30 seconds. Protocol. The bell goes. All doors are locked. I tap at the door. A student notices me through the narrow glass and lets me in. A class of 19 to 22 students is seated eagerly waiting with about five or more asking, are you a sub? I can't respond because a student is standing with legs parted on top of two desks and stretching full length to reach a plug on top of the projector. The remaining students are casual, including the two students whose desks now serve as a scaffold for what looks to me like a daring New York City window cleaner who refuses to wear a harness. My thought, no accident, not on my watch. I use my calm, then my pleading, then my not so calm, and then my threatening voice all while calling for help. The only response I got from the student, I won't come down until I get this darn thing on. The power of habit. I am your host, Dr. Martha Joseph Watts, educator. Welcome to Rethink It, a place where we discuss interventions, and the effectiveness or lack thereof, and how habits can impact implementation of these interventions. Thank you for tuning in, and I will be right back. Welcome back. Believe it or not, a few months after my scary near rescue, I encountered a book displayed on the checking counter of our school library. My eyes lit because I had published a book seven years prior that included the word habit in the title, but I had done zero research on the word, not even the definition. To me, my grandma's definition was the best. Habit grows, easy to grow, hard to break. I picked up the book gave it a few turns, measured the thickness, and decided to check it out anyway. I knew that was not so much of a good idea because I am always trying to find time to write. So finding time to read would be a challenge. However, one day later, I had the answer. And there it was, on my phone, on my favorite app, Audible. The Power of Habit. Why We Do What We Do in Life and in Business by Charles Duhigg, read by Mike Chamberlain, an unabridged production, 10 hours, 53 minutes. Bingo. I had an upcoming road trip and that would give me eight hours of listening time. Best decision. I listened 
And the more I listened, the more the eyes of my understanding widened. I began to make sense as to why the student refused to start the day without the soft lighting that replaced the bright fluorescent ones. And even more alarming, I understood why a teacher's simple five-step five process had changed students' attitude to reading and writing and why parents came with baskets of praise. I remember vividly one parent, she said, no one before had been able to get my child to write, including myself as an educator. There was a distinct glow in her eyes that I did not understand. But then she continued, she said, my child sat and wrote for homework by himself, no prompting. Her last statement clarified her elation. You see, students had mastered the process, not only because it was easy, but because there was value attached to it. Charles Duhigg in his book reminds us that 45% of what we do does not require a conscious decision only because these actions have now become habits. But habits do not just happen. There is an algorithm that we must follow in order to establish those life habits. Don't go away. I will be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Rethink It with Dr. Watts, a place for discussing interventions and how we implement them. Although like all foundational research, new theories or elements thereof are being added, but the basic algorithm for forming habits is still the same. There must be a cue, a routine, and a reward. So now I understand why the students whom I taught for more than one semester were more successful at writing than those who entered my classroom for the first time. I also understand why students were holding on so dearly to their personal copies of the New York Times Upfront magazines. And most importantly, I understand why 80% of my students scored on the 50th percentile or higher in reading and writing on standardized tests. Duhigg also got me to understand why the student standing on the desk was so adamant and how the teacher was able to get that student to think that soft lights in the morning were important for learning. So, Here's my question. If students from one school raised their proficiency in English language arts or school grade in general by 30 percentile points over a three year period and one child refuses to begin the day without a specific condition, if habits are so powerful 
and impact the human mind so in such a mesmerizing way, why don't we use it? Why don't we use habits to implement interventions? This is a question that I would like us to answer on this podcast or this platform. Habits are powerful. They are what we use. They are, they are what we use to actually do what we do all the time. And so what I would like us to do is to pay attention to, let's dissect the whole algorithm of habit forming. Let's look at cue. Let's look at routine. Let's look at reward. And let's see why the students from that school were able to do so well and were able to actually bring up their scores. And actually, there are other schools who paid attention to the power of habit and were able to do well with their interventions. And if that teacher was able to get that student to think in that particular way, well, I'm not going to start class today because this is not that way. If a teacher is, is, is able to get a child to demand I would want to say a particular condition in order to function, then why can't we use the power of habit to get students to be more successful? We will continue our discussion next episode on how exactly habits are formed and how they may have positively impacted the two scenarios using Hopkins principles and Duhigg's research. Thank you for your listen. Please remember to subscribe, like, share with someone, or you can leave a message. Then we can also, if you according to the message you leave, we can also discuss your question or your comment on the next episode. So until then, I am your host, Dr. Martha Joseph Watts. Bye-bye.